This week on The Swear Wolves, we talk about my personal male crush, the only man I would ever leave my wife for, if I was so inclined. Kevin Smith. Welcome to the Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, Alan, David. I'm sure no one listening to this knows this about me, but I am a huge Kevin Smith fan. No. No. (laughs) I have been a Kevin Smith fan since, well, the first movie I ever watched of his was Mallrats. Mm. And a friend of mine loaned me. He said, you got to watch this movie. He loaned it to me on VHS. I watched that movie multiple times a day, every day, <laughs> for like a week until he said, hey, can I get my VHS copy of that back? Because I want to watch it again. And I was like, oh. You're fine. like, you never gave me a copy of that. <laughs> and I had to go buy it myself on VHS. <laughs> and then obviously Clerks, which was the first film that he ever did. Subsequent films followed, Chasing Amy, Dogma. What did it for you about Mallrats? What, what was it? So that's my generation. Mm. You know, he's older than I am. I think he's probably about six years older than I am. But when Mallrats came out, it was 1994 or 95, somewhere around there. And I was a senior in high school when the movie was released. When I saw it, I was probably like 19. Mm -hmm. So I was out of uh, high school. And that age range and the references that he gives in his movies like well, first of all he's notorious for star wars references yeah um secondly it was comic book related mm-hmm. a lot of the mall rat stuff was comic book related um i thought jason lee was the shit back in the day <laughs> the dialogue i mean it sounds pretty cliche to be like oh he's he writes like i speak mm. um because i don't think that's really how people speak you know yeah but yeah, he's got a style for yeah. sure but it's definitely the subject matter is more of like shit that I would talk about yeah. um, with my friends, whether it be comic books. Like I would always like present um, different scenarios to my friends. One that I really like talking about was who would win in fights between like serial <laughs> characters, like yeah. the Trix Rabbit or the Lucky Charms <laughs> guy or Captain Crunch, you know, versus the you know, cookie crisp robber, whatever it was, like, <laughs> you know, who ultimately would win and we'd present those fights or, or we'd talk about comic book characters and be like, all right, well, you know, regardless of universe DC or Marvel, if only, if only Thor can pick up Thor's hammer, right. Mm-hmm. Could Superman pick up Thor's hammer? Mm. 
and he probably could, right? Because you you got to be pure of heart, I think, as the... I don't know. I'm going to go down that path. So <laughs> a little too much with people that might not know enough about comic books. But so in other words, Kevin Smith opened up your world to you. When I was um, that age is kind of where I was like, I wanted to be in like the, the film industry. Yeah. And I wanted to start writing because of him and Quentin Tarantino. Cause Quentin Tarantino is a much better filmmaker. Kevin Smith would be the first one to admit to that. In fact, Kevin Smith would probably say majority of people are better filmmakers than he is. Um, but writing wise, okay, Quentin Tarantino is probably a better writer too. <laughs> but um, Kevin Smith's pretty good writer too. They're, they're both no, very dialogue driven. Very dialogue driven, yeah. but in an interesting way. Like you don't just, it's not just people droning on. Yeah, It's like it keeps you captivated it's not manufactured no it's very natural and even even the fact that clerks was filmed for you know his notorious budget was low $27,000 is what he made the movie for um and the actors weren't professional actors Mm -hmm. and you could tell (laughs) in most of the cases yeah and it's black and white and it's black and white and um you know, you could look at that and be like, oh, that was a stylistic choice because it's like we're looking through the lens of a security camera. No, it was because it was cheaper to develop <laughs> black and white film, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and he did all that on such a small budget with with amateur actors. But the dialogue and the story is what drove it. And it became popular, sold it to Miramax, made some money, got a deal with Universal, made Mallrats. That tanked, <laughs> but I still think Mallrats is one of the better ones, uh, in my humble opinion. And Chasing Amy kind of got back to the roots, smaller budget, good story, everything like that. This is a long-winded way <laughs> to come around to the fact that Kevin Smith, his more recent films have actually been in the horror genre, and um, I, being a fan of his and being a fan of horror, was interested to see how he would take to the genre. You know, there's a lot of different subgenres within horror films. Um, we've talked about a few of them on our podcast. We're going to talk about some more in the future, but you know, where would someone like him take it? And his idea of horror, at least with uh, the first film we'll talk about, which is red state, his idea of horror was a little bit different than what my idea was horror of horror was initially. However, it was pretty horrific. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like red state. I don't know about you guys and we can, we'll talk about the film a little bit more in depth, but um, I really like this film. It puts a reality element into the horror genre for sure. I think. Yeah. And without getting overly political, um, there are a lot of things, a lot of parallels uh, that I think, make the movie even scarier well and the fact that the movie i think came out in 2010 yeah 2012 right around there right at home today yeah um you know well the title of it alone red state (laughs) okay so we're talking about you know that kind of thing but this was also when the um west baptist westboro baptist yeah westboro baptist church was I mean, Pro- they're still around. Protesting funerals and stuff. Yeah, protesting uh, soldiers', soldiers funerals, funerals and homosexual funerals and, you know, just being all around shit dicks. 
And um, that would be the word that I would have. And I remember, <laughs> funny thing, is I, I chimed in on Twitter back then. Um, Megan uh, Phelps, uh, which is Fred Phelps's granddaughter, the guy who found yeah. the West ba- uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Megan Phelps and Kevin Smith were arguing. They were protesting his film. They had protested. Actually, the Catholic League had protested dogma, but um, the Westboro Baptist Church was protesting Red State, Red State because, mm-hmm. well, they hadn't even seen the film, but because it was loosely based on kind of their right, right. their religious cult. And, um, well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were talking on Twitter, and I chimed in and, like, added her and Kevin Smith, and she responded to me. Oh, wow. And I responded back to her. <laughs> I think there was a couple exchanges. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. And I was trying to give my two cents in 140 characters back then. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm not nearly as eloquent. Interesting side note to that. Megan Phelps has since left the Westboro Baptist Church. I've heard, yes. And mm-hmm. she did a great podcast with Joe Rogan on his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, in which, and I think she was also on Kevin Smith's podcast, which is called Smodcast, for all of you mm-hmm. out there who want to listen to that one. It's a really good one. Um, but she has really changed her life and really is doing some great things now. And it, it warms my heart that people like that can change and, um, become better people. Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being all said, red state, it's about these kids and they live in Texas. Yeah. And like late teens, late teens, They're high schoolers, yeah. high schoolers. Yeah. They want to get laid. Yep. And they find this woman who is willing to have sex with them. They find her like on an app or something, right? On a website of, uh, I guess people who might wanna, as well just be like, 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 it's, like yeah. t- it's like Tinder kind yeah. of thing. Right. And so they go to her trailer Yep. and they're sitting around there and she's, she's got some beers. She's feeding them beers. Yep. One by one, they pass out. And when they wake up, they're in cages. Yep. And there is in a, a church. A, yeah. A church filled with probably, I don't know, 25, 30 parishioners who mm-hmm. are all family members. And Michael Parks is the Fred Phelps of this. He is the yeah. leader of this cult. And RIP Michael Parks, probably one of the best <laughs> character actors ever. Yeah. I mean, and he's been in some, Good horror films too. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. Um, he was in From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, uh, he's in the Kill Bill movies. He's in the Kill Bill movies. Plays the same character in uh, Kill Bill as he does in From Dusk Till Dawn, the sheriff. Yep. And um, he he also plays in uh, Kill Bill Two. He's the pimp at the end of the movie. Though, yeah, where's yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the 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 Latino guy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know Mexican when I guy. when I was watching this, I was like, he looks so familiar. And and I wasn't thinking about the Kill Bill movies. He's the main villain in Death Wish Five. Oh, is he? <laughs> nice. Yeah. And he's really good in that too. But I think he shines yes. in Red yeah. State. Yep. He gives a couple of monologues in this movie. Um, one um, at this point where they're at the church. And then one at the end, I think he's in jail. Yeah. And he gives a monologue. Um, him and John Goodman. John Goodman plays I was the, about to say the same thing. John Goodman <clears throat> is also terrific in this movie. Yeah. They both give such good performances. Yep. And I think it's just... If you're if you want to know who Michael Parks is as an actor, I would recommend watching Red State. Okay, so these kids are in there. He's given a sermon. 
basically what it boils down to is that they have this compound in um, this plot of land. And the DEA, or not the DEA, is it the DEA or the uh, whoever remember. does um, the guns? Um, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the DEA. Uh, ATF. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I was I would get to it eventually. I have family that works in the ATF, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with it. The ATF. It's kind of also like the um, uh, the Waco, um, David Koresh. Yeah, instance, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, where they have all these firearms, mm-hmm. and they're arming themselves in a compound, in a compound, and they they've kind of left everybody alone. But then when they start infiltrating into the outside world is where the ATF finally starts taking notice or when people try to escape and these kids are kidnapped and they're going to kill them for the reason of just because they're They're sinners. Sinners. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the ATF gets called. John Goodman's kind of like the head of this group. And he's long suspected this group of being up to no good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they needed to find a reason because they right. always hide behind the fact that they're a church. Right. Yeah. And uh, which is easy to do. Um, He'd been on to them for a number of years. Yeah. And, you know, they're very much very strict. Like, this is what the Bible says. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to live our life. Even though the, well, they're very strict. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, ultimately what happens is, is there's a big gunfight and uh, there's a shootout. <clears throat> People die, and and uh, one of the kids uh, that's captured. Well, one of them gets executed, like in front of the in front of the the church. Um, and, like, and little kids, yeah. And they escort some of the younger ones out of the room when they do that one. But they're still you know, like teenagers and stuff in the room. Um, but then one of the kids also escapes, and he's able to arm himself. Uh, so he's trying to escape, and then you know, there's also. And there's some cool conflict within the cult or the church, whatever you want to call them as well, um, where there's a young girl who is conflicted because she still believes what she believes, but she also understands there's little kids here and they could get killed. So, you know, she wants to help get the kids out, but she also doesn't want her father or grandfather, whoever he is, to get killed. Um, So she's kind of trying to play both sides, which that was kind of an interesting little subplot. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's this big gun battle. And they finally, you know, it, it ends kind of weird. Cause you're like, what, what is going on? And it's like these horns blowing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, I love that part. <laughs> and see, like, I, I like, I like religion. I'm not religious at all. Um, but I like what I would call the mythology of it all. Yeah. Whether it be Christianity or Roman or Egyptian or whatever. I like knowing these stories. And when I heard those horns, I was like, hmm, there's Gabriel blowing his horn. Mm-hmm. It was the rapture, right? Is yeah. It- yeah. That's what's going to, well, well, that's, that's what they think. That's happen. what they, that's what it's written in the Bible is that you'll hear Gabriel blowing his horn. And I heard that and I'm like, well, where is he going to go with this? Is all of a sudden all this shit going to be real? That's what I was. <laughs> I, I was worried about that too. I was like, no, Kevin, no, no, no don't do that. I want these to be the bad guys. Yeah. And ultimately what happens is they just play that sound to trick them. Yeah. The ATF. It was John um, Goodman, right? Was yeah. His group, they were, they were fucking yeah. with him real good. They, they pumped in that sound. So basically they all just gave up and surrendered. And then Michael Parks is in jail. Yeah. Those horns playing were just one of many turns that this movie took 
it was the story itself was just weaving uh, the characters were transitioning to other characters as far as, uh, you know, at first you think it's about the the teenage boys and then it becomes about, um, you know, the guys in the uh, ATF and John Goodman's character who's investigating them. And then you got the sheriff who is, uh, you know, he has uh, another side to him. Uh, there's so many characters in this film and how they just weave through the film with these characters, uh, it, it kept me interested throughout. And it's a horror movie unlike most. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that it's a family. But it's, it's a horror movie in, it's like man versus man. Yeah, it's the how far will people go for their convictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when people believe something so strongly that they're willing to kill over it. And, you know, and there's a self-righteous element too, where they're convinced that they're right and everyone else is wrong. It's the, I'm not crazy. You're the one who's crazy kind of thing. And, and, and if we put it, you know, again, not to be too political, but if we put it in the environment that we are now, whether you're right or whether you're left, right, there's definitely extremes on both of those sides. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when you look at that from kind of a, a independent perspective and you say, wow, these people are fanatical when they're this side or this side. Yeah, when you're so far up your own ass that you can't like even accept new information. Or... No. And you can't be realistic whether right. you're this whether you're this right-wing idiot or you're this left-wing, you know, bedwetter. You're just like <laughs> <laughs> you're just like or where you automatically vilify the other side without even taking the time to really understand their point of view. And, like, and talk because to them. they're the one that said it, it's not true or it's a lie. And realistically, you know, to get a little, I don't know what, but it's like, we're all human beings. We're all on this fucking planet together. Let's just, <laughs> let's just all just accept the fact that we all have different points yeah, of view. I was about to say, uh, in this film, we're seeing, um, every example of, of human element. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, uh, the mindset and I can love, be so dangerous even, and I love the John Goodman character. Cause I think he's a good representation of kind of the middle where he, you know, he wants to see this church go down and he knows this guy is an evil man. Um, but he also understands the stakes that there's children and there's, there's prisoners, you know, there's hostages in there. Uh, and to see him. And he also conflicted. understands that he's bound by rules. Yep. Yeah. He can't just do something yeah, and just because he wants to. A couple of times he gets presented with the opportunity to do some things. He's like, ah, you know, like that's not the way this works. It's not how we do things. And if I recall correctly, kind of in the filmmaking of itself, when the gunfight starts, it's pretty realistic. Yeah, I wrote, and I, this is going to sound like an insult, and I don't really mean it that way. I wrote, action is like a shitty version of Saving Private Ryan. Cause, and I mean that in Saving Private Ryan on a budget. So you get kind of the over-the-shoulder, shaky cam kind of view of this kid. And I love that, you know, and this is how I feel like, you know, most people would be if they're in this situation. Like, this is just a kid. Like, he's not accustomed to handling, a, you know, a semi-automatic uh, automatic weapon. So he's clumsy. He doesn't really, you can tell he doesn't really know how to handle the gun, but he's, you know, in the fight or flight mode where he understands like, I'm gonna have to kill people if I want to get out of this. Oh yeah. You see it all the time in horror movies where someone, or any movie for that matter, where someone just picks up a gun and all of a sudden they know how to fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This one, I, I like that it was realistic that he looked very awkward and unnatural yeah. you know, holding the gun. Who would know yeah. how to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So as far as Kevin Smith movies go, this is a great departure from those early ones that I was yeah, talking about not, that, that brought me in. Completely different universe than you're chasing Amy's and, you know. Dogma. Well, yeah. 
even Dogma, which was a religious movie as well. I love that movie. I, just sidebar. <laughs> I love I love all of his films. I even like <laughs> I even great. like Jersey Girl. <laughs> um, but the um, Red State to me is probably his best film. It's not my favorite Kevin Smith movie. I named my son Brody for a reason. Mallrats is my favorite. <laughs> I did not catch that. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Which, you know, Brody was named after Sheriff Brody from Jaws. Oh, that's awesome. And so, yeah, because it's Brody and Quint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chief Brody, you're uptight. <laughs> um, and, and I love Jaws as well. Great so movie. anyway, um, but I think this is his best film. I think it's his most powerful film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was very surprised. Uh, I expected to like it because um, I'm also a Kevin Smith fan. Um, but I was disappointed after I watched it and I went to IMDb and I looked at the rating. At, uh, I, I would have expected it to be rated higher. And then that got me thinking again to the kind of this the political world that we live in. And I can also see this is a movie that would probably polarize yep. and um, divide people would probably upset some people who might might hit a little close to home. In, in a bad yeah. way yeah. for some folks that might have some some things they and that's need to, to be reconcile. expected for sure. Yeah, and I again, and I, I thought that made the movie even more thought provoking and interesting. I, I I think we live in a progressive time period, uh, even more progressive than we are yeah. uh, eight years ago when this film was made. But I still think there's a lot of room to go as yep. a society, and I think in the years to come, this movie and others like it will probably be looked at in a different. Yeah, I think this is a movie who, yeah, over time its stock will rise. People are jackasses anyway, so fuck Fuck the haters. (laughs) Um, So we'll go from that movie. It was, yeah, it was really good. And I even liked, uh, before we do Strangers, even the end of the movie, Michael Parks is in the jail cell and he's you know kind of spouting gospel and stuff. And I think the last word of the movie is somebody in like an adjacent cell just yells, shut the fuck up. You know who that that was, right? No. That's Kevin Smith. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Uh, But funny thing about real quick about Michael Parks is uh, he used to be a a country singer very early in his career. Doesn't he sing in this movie? Yeah, he sings. Yeah. 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 That's that's the last many talents. He's singing in the jail cell. He he was so good. He was great. Yeah. Um, I very underrated. I also didn't um, know that he was in this movie until I was watching it. And when he came on, when he appeared on screen, I was like, "Oh my god, this movie is going to be great." It's very chilling in the fact that you know there's guys out there just like him, like like Phelps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the chilling part to think about when you watch this movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely makes you think. Now, Michael Parks was one of Kevin Smith's favorite actors. And so he brought him back for another movie that he did. Now, Kevin Smith has pulled away from, I guess what we would call the Hollywood kind of system. I mean, Miramax is long kind of gone, that whole debacle. Um, and he's not part of, uh, you know, Universal he did a film with. But he, he uh, did a, he does podcasts mostly now. He has his own podcast network. Like he's I said, very active on social media, very active on social media, makes a lot of money. Uh, most of his money now is speaking and yeah. doing his podcasts. Um, Smodcast, like I said, uh, if you want to listen to it and I listened, I used to listen to it religiously. I don't listen to it as much anymore. I think also because we started doing a podcast, I find myself listening to less podcasts, <laughs> not because I don't want to, but because I don't want to you have mean, that influence yeah, me. Yeah. And for a long time, I remember like hearing musicians 
talk like, oh, we don't listen to a lot of music. It's not because they don't like music. It's because they want to create their you don't own want to music be affected. and yeah. they don't want to be affected and talk about things yeah. that other things are um, other bands are talking about um, or yeah. singing about. So uh, regardless, early on, he did an episode where they were talking about this wanted ad where this guy was looking for a roommate and he goes through the whole thing. It was an actual Smodcast podcast episode. And then he announced he's going to make a movie called Tusk. And it's based on the story that he's talking about. Mm. That him and Scott Mosier, who is his partner, laid out in this podcast. They talked about this fictional movie. Yeah. And they laid it out. And I would recommend everybody. It, I, I forget what episode it is. It's like in the 30s, I want to say. but That makes sense because the movie Tusk starts with, it says based on actual events. And I thought that was even tongue in cheek. I was like, there's no, there's no way <laughs> no. this actually happened. Uh, that, it, did, cool. it actually did not actually happen. But the, I'll tell you the but story. The, but the premise? I'll tell you the story okay. behind it in a second. But um, So they come up with this whole premise for this movie. And then Kevin Smith's like getting stoned one day. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to write this movie. And he starts writing it. <laughs> and he comes up with it and he's like, I'm going to make it. I don't care. He, I don't know if he got financing or if he just kind of raised the money himself. Um, but he uh, he put it together. And it's not a big budget movie. But Michael Park stars in it as well as um, Justin Long and Haley Joel Osment. Um, but it's about a guy <laughs> It's about uh, a guy who does a podcast and he interviews like a bunch of weirdos and he's going up to interview, which, yeah. which he's is, a, and he's a real douchebag. Like, well, he well, is, he used to be a good guy and he, like, it seems like he's got a little bit of notoriety and fame from the got podcast. Some ego. He's got some ego. Uh, he, it's kind of changed the person that he is and yeah. Yeah. He's embraced his character, but he's going to go interview what is like the fictionalized version of the, the Star Wars, Star kid. Wars kid. Um, is the kill bill kid, but he goes up to interview him in Canada and the kid has killed himself because he's getting bullied basically online. Mm -hmm. So as not to make the trip a total waste, he sees an ad hanging on the bulletin board. He goes to a bar to drown his sorrows. And yeah, as he's taking a leak, he sees a, he sees an an ad ad where someone's like, Hey, I need a roommate. You'll get free room and board. The only thing I ask is that you have to dress like a walrus. No, that's not what it says. No, he had stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's the he sees an ad about a guy who's like, "Hey, I've lived a really interesting life. I got a, I got yes, a lot of stories, many stories to tell. to tell." And and that's what he needed for his podcast. He needed some interesting stories. Okay, okay. So I'm mixing the two up. So let me tell you guys about the podcast episode first. Okay, the real life thing. In the real story, the actual advert that they saw that Kevin Smith got sent to him mm-hmm. was a, a wanted a classified ad, and it said, "Someone can stay with me." Free room and board. Mm -hmm. The only thing I ask is that you have to dress up as a walrus for an hour a day. Act like a walrus. Mm -hmm. And because my best friend was a walrus. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And he goes into the whole. Sounds reasonable. He goes into the whole story about a walrus saved his life. And it it comes out in the movie too like this. But anyway, he. So Kevin Smith's reading this and then they go off on this tangent. Well, I'll come to find out the guy who wrote the ad just did it as a social experiment for a class he was in Yeah, to see if anybody would contact him or whatever. Yeah. So it was a fake ad, but it was a real ad yeah. that Kevin Smith didn't know wasn't real. Right. 
Okay, so getting back to Tusk. Sees a bulletin board ad. It says, I got stories to tell. So he says, I need stories. I'm going to go talk to this guy. Right. So he goes over to his house. And they're chilling there, sitting by the fire. Yeah, and the guy's got a mansion. Like He's kind of a wealthy, eccentric And it's Michael Parks. Yep, it's Michael Parks. He's in a wheelchair. Uh, But you can tell he's got money. Um, Yeah, and he's got cool like stuff on the walls. And just you can tell like this is a guy who's led a very interesting life. And they're sitting there having a couple of drinks. Yeah, they're having tea. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and Justin Long keeps commenting. He's like, dude, I've never had tea like this. This is so good. And this guy you know, proceeds to tell him about how... And Justin Long is kind of remarking about things that he sees in the room. And this yeah. guy tells him this story about how he was there like on D-Day, essentially, uh, in, in World War II, and that he was friends with Ernest Hemingway. And that Hemingway, because he was famous, wasn't allowed to go on the beach. So he, they kind of stayed on the ship and like got drunk together. And one of the things that's on the wall is this bottle. It's in a case, and it was a bottle that he had given Hemingway uh, to you know. It's kind of a kind of a gift. And then he sees you know there's like a, a bone or something on the wall, and he asks him about that. And it's basically it's like a walrus penis or a walrus bone <laughs> walrus or something. Dick. Mm-hmm. And then he proceeds to tell him about how their ship went down. And he was uh, rescued by a walrus, and the walrus took him to shore. And that he's always had a, a fondness and a respect for for walruses, and they're like the the best animal. On Doesn't Earth. it come out though that he was stranded on the shore with nothing, and then he ultimately had to eat the walrus? Yeah, in yes. the end, yeah, it's revealed that he he killed that walrus and and ate it, and he, he was like riddled with guilt. And and it's and it also made it look like right after he had killed it and and was eating it, he was rescued. Yeah. So yeah, going exactly. back kind of like to the mist yeah. uh, type thing where it's like, ah, shit, like I just killed my best friend and, and now I'm saved. I probably could have uh, I could have survived another I could have two held hours. my hunger for yeah, another 45 minutes or so. See, Alan, hold your hunger. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kill me yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he um, laces Justin Long's tea with. Yeah, there's something. poison or something in there. Yeah, so he, he passes out. And when Justin Long wakes up. Michael Parks isn't in a wheelchair anymore. He's, well, he doesn't need the wheelchair. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mike, but now Justin Long's in a wheelchair, and he's like, oh, I can't feel my legs. And he What's looks going down. On? And, and like he's, you know, he's kind of still out of it. And yeah, and he looks down, and one of his legs is gone from the knee cap down. Yeah. Just and Michael nub. Parks is sitting there whittling on something, too. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a, well, he's got like a bone or something that he's like polishing or that he's sanding or whittling. And Wasn't he, it a tusk? Well, well, it was his. It was his leg. It was, his, it was leg. his leg bone, and he okay. was shaving it down to make a tusk out of it. To make yeah. a tusk out of it. Mm-hmm. So what he's going to do then? And he, yeah, and he tells me first he gives him this bullshit story that hey, you're bitten by a brown recluse spider, and I called a doctor over here. Unfortunately, they had to amputate your leg, <laughs> and um, but then he's like, okay, I got to call my friends and tell them what's going on. Yeah. I got to call my family. He's like, well, we, they, the doctor removed all the phones because we thought it would. Uh, we needed you to rest and also and Justin Long's like this is all bullshit like what is going on and then yeah the guy basically tells him like all right uh yeah yeah I'm turning you into a walrus yeah I'm gonna make you into a walrus (laughs) (laughs) he's like which is such a fucking crazy idea yeah it's like what this is a movie about a guy who's gonna turn another guy into a walrus it's crazy so Haley Joel Osment who's his his podcast buddy and and Justin Long's girlfriend, who are having an affair. Yep. Um, because Justin Long's such a douchebag. Yep. That she's like, eh, I'm gonna get with this other douchebag, <laughs> <Haley Joel laughs> Osmond, who does a good job. He does a good job. Um, mm-hmm. 
but they're they're like we got to go find him they haven't heard from him in days and they're and they're on the hunt for him that was such a creepy scene too where she's talking and you don't know who the guy is yet and she's talking to him and i thought that was kind of and she starts crying yeah that was an eerie yeah 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 Yeah, i had a feeling i was like ah that's Haley jewel austin (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they come across the detective yeah, um, mm-hmm. nice little cameo. Well, it turns into a bigger, a bigger a pretty role prominent that, role. In the yeah, movie, but he's uncredited, I think. Yeah, um, Johnny Depp. Yeah, as um, Detective Dupont. 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 Um, and he's there's been other people that have gone missing, and he's tracking this down. Mm-hmm. And um, they're looking for basically Michael Parks. And uh, they go to, uh, well, slowly but surely, <laughs> Justin Long is getting transfer- transformed into this walrus. Like he makes a suit for him and he puts him in the suit. And then they have, to, and then, and then Michael he, Parks puts a suit on and they're yeah, fighting each other. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> Going back real quick to the Johnny yeah. Depp. Like, yeah. So Johnny Depp's got a lot of lines uh, in the movie and he's pretty funny. So he's got this weird French Canadian accent. And it doesn't um, even look like Johnny Depp. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a lot of makeup. Like, yeah, he's got a lot of makeup on. He looks haggard. And he's got a beret sometimes. Um, but he says something like, uh, he's talking about like how he's kind of been on this guy's trail for a while, and he's like, he's he's so close that I can smell his shit. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then and he's explaining to his friends like what happened to some of these other victims about how like he cut them up and like there appears to be something was done to their skulls, which we later find out had to do with the tusks being inserted Inserted, and uh, just weird stuff. Um, the way he explains it, he goes, yeah, it was one fuck of a bummer to look at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he nicknamed the, uh, the, the serial killer, um, the first wife. Cause he says that he doesn't let you talk. He doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, he doesn't let you go and he doesn't fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so uh, Justin Long is getting trapped. He's getting transformed slowly but surely. He gets a uh, a, a suit made out of human skin. Yeah. yeah, and there's ears and noses and yeah. other body faces. parts that are yeah. yeah faces attached to the the suit. And he puts him in this suit, and he's like, "You got to swim." And he puts him in this water, and Justin Long like sinks to the bottom originally. And when he's down there, he opens his eyes. And he sees he sees yeah a bunch bones. of other bones and yeah. um, other walruses of, of made human of walruses. That, like, he's tried this with other people and has failed and has failed miserably. So he starts getting up, and then Michael Parks comes out dressed as a walrus, yeah, and he's, like, he's get, gonna fight him. Yeah, you got to fulfill your destiny. Like show me that you can go full wall, full, full walrus. walrus. <laughs> and while this is happening, we're also intercutting more scenes of Johnny Depp and the friends trying to figure out you know what the hell's going on. Yep. And they go to this convenience store where Justin Long originally gets directions. Uh, to the guy's house and he writes it down on a pad of paper so they go in and he asks johnny depp asks if he can see that pad of paper and i thought this was a very clever little gag too because in north by northwest is a great scene where Cary grant you know does a little rubbing on this paper so you can see what somebody wrote down Mm -hmm. and then it's spoofed later in the big lebowski uh, and it's like a dick drawing in that movie. <laughs> but what's funny is when he when Johnny Depp does it, the 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 friends or maybe it's the girls at the convenience store are like, "Hey, we that's that's just like the Big Lebowski," and you know, not North by Northwest. And Johnny Depp's like, "Hey, that's where I learned how to do that from the Big Lebowski." <laughs> that was a nice little nod that's to funny. the Cohen brothers. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So um, the convenience store will come into um, the convenience store is called 
A to Z. A, a to Z. Which is like A, like take off A, <laughs> and then Z being Z, right? Yeah. So A to Z. Um, kind of a funny uh, play on world. But the, the convenience store girls are, we'll talk about a little later. later. Yeah. Um, so they go, uh, they finally, they hunt them down. Yeah, and they cut back to the two fighting. And, yeah. um, and during the scene, I thought it was cool. Uh, I heard the music playing in the background. I was like, holy shit, is that Tusk by Fleetwood Mac? And sure enough, yeah, it was. I wasn't and expecting it, it to be honest. I thought that was pretty cool. And it's such a great song. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it the, the and it beat, fits what's happening perfectly. It it keeps the tension going because it's like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. And you get that marching band or whatever. And then, yeah, and the two fight. And then um, Justin Long fulfills his destiny. He goes full walrus. He goes full walrus, uh, strikes down Michael Parks. He gores him with his tusks. And, and that's what Michael Parks wants. Yeah, and you can tell like he's he happy. wants like, to as die. he's dying, he's like, yeah. all right. Because he Killed feels bad. About killing that walrus. Killing that walrus. So he's going to create a walrus that will kill him, and he finally does. Yep. All right. Now we come to the end. <laughs> uh, they find him. Yeah. The, the yeah. girl and the, and the best friend, and they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And then we come to the end, which my wife says is the most disturbing, one of the most disturbing things she's ever seen. Because, well, basically, Justin Long goes so far full walrus that yeah. he is now a walrus. Yeah. Yep. And he's at like an animal preserve or something, eating fish. Yeah. And he's still a human in a walrus costume, but he thinks he's a walrus. Yeah, I was like, why didn't they just cut him out of that walrus suit? Oh, oh no, he's deformed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah he, they did. Oh, all, he sewed his. Yeah, he did all sorts of together, nasty stuff into it. He yeah. did like human centipede type yeah, surgery he did some on nasty him. stuff. Yeah, he's gone. He's fucking gone. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I it's a, it's a bummer. I really like this movie. <laughs> this movie is so far out there. It's so weird. It's so crazy. Michael Parks again knocks a home run. Yeah, and this Base is, is loaded, bottom of the night. This is another Put Michael one. Parks in there. It's like a 5.4 or something on IMDb, and I really enjoyed it. That's because people are fucking stupid. <laughs> it was really good. I like it. I think people missed the point of it, and what it what the point is that I got from it is you can't take anything for granted when you're living Here, life. Yeah, yeah. That's I true. mean, I think there's some morality to it, but being a fan of the podcast that it came from well i like hearing it from inception yeah you guys gotta listen to that that episode of the podcast yeah Yeah, that sounds pretty neat when you hear it from that moment and i heard it years before this movie was even made the movie was made and i'm like what the fuck and now i'm watching the movie and i'm (laughs) like they talked about this in the fucking podcast (laughs) that is pretty cool and then and then you see the movie and you have such a brilliant performance by michael parks and uh, Justin Long does equally as Justin good. Long's very good in this movie. I was surprised because he's hit or miss for me. Yeah. And you Haley see- Haley Joel Osment's good. The girlfriend's really good too. Yeah. Who I, I'm not really sure what her name is and or what else she's in. I thought she did a good job. Yeah. And of course, Johnny Depp. Yeah. And I will say my one criticism of this movie, and I don't get me wrong, I thought Johnny Depp's performance was really funny um, and added a lot of levity to a pretty, pretty fucked up movie. I had my biggest problem with the movie was I could towards the end I felt like I couldn't decide if it was a comedy or if it was this twisted fucked up kind of horror thing and honestly I was more interested in the story involving Justin Long and Michael, Michael Parks. Parks than I was in the Johnny Depp storyline yeah. yeah and I thought towards the end of the movie there was more focus on the Johnny Depp part 
Um, and, I'll give that to you. Yeah, it's a and very I dark have, I would have liked to see more of the development of Justin Justin Long being transformed into this walrus because it felt like watching the movie, like it kind of just happened. Kind of rushed along. Right. Yeah. Where I could tell like this was probably a process that took a couple of months maybe. I don't know. To, yeah. But yeah. it felt like it was like overnight. Yeah. I, I'll I'll give you that. It's not a perfect film. And it's, to Alan's point, it's a dark comedy, but it's more... Very tra- dark comedy. It's <laughs> more <laughs> dark. It's also more traditional <laughs> horror, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, you know, it takes... Okay, so it takes what I love about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that it could be real people could act yeah. like that. And instead of just eating the bodies and making lampshades out of them, you're like, I'm not eating these people. Yeah. I'm going to transform these people. And to that point, I brought up Human Centipede. We'll have to talk about those series of movies sometime too, because those are fucked up. Um, but it's like the psychopathic surgeon. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Dr. Giggles. <laughs> yeah. You know oh, yeah. Something else too that uh, made this movie more fun for me is I did not read what this movie was about prior to watching it. And mm-hmm. I had a couple friends over and I watched this uh, last night. So I had a couple friends over, uh, Mike and Joey, you guys met. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when it got to the part where it's like, I'm going to turn you into a walrus, <laughs> I immediately hit pause and I told both of them, I was like, you guys are going to have to give me a minute. And I just started writing down notes. I was like, this just got so weird. So did they like it? They really, Yeah, both of them enjoyed it. Yeah, we, all, um, we all liked it. I, I really do like the movie. I've watched it a couple times Yeah. Um, myself. So I think there's a number of things you can get out of this movie. But when I was done watching, I was like, man, like it kind of just made me, you know, think about things and how, you know, life is precious stays with you it's yeah. it's yeah it, it's yeah. one of those movies that's bit. like a stick to your ribs type Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's what did i just the, watch it's yeah. like uh yeah the moral of the story is if you're an asshole you might become a walrus <laughs> <laughs> or a, a malrus well, <laughs> yeah kevin smith this yeah, malrus. Uh, malrus. malrus versus uh, polar scare <laughs> this movie happen. thank you had had some of the best dialogue some of the best writing also and I thought Michael Park's character, to me, I thought he was better in this than in Red State. I, I will say he was equally as good. Yeah. I liked his character in Red State because it's more realistic. Yeah. Um, to that's, me. that's true. But some of the dialogue in this movie, I think, ex, you know, I think was a little better than I'm gonna Red put, State. I'm going to put his monologues up there with what I think is one of the best monologues is uh, Quint. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The delivery, yeah, the delivery, the tone. If yeah. I could talk like that, I'm so nasally, and I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> but the way these guys talk, yeah, and the way they deliver their dialogue, I mean, I just, it's just like, you guys should say everything. What was, and what was the character's name? Howard Howell, right? Yeah, Howard Howell. Yeah, his, uh, and I thought, um, as far as the comparing the two performances. Um, he definitely showed more range in Tusk. Like we got to see him when he goes kind of maniacal and we got to see him really sad. Uh, we got to see him angry. Yeah. Yeah. There was a pretty wide range. When he goes nuts in the walrus costume and they're fighting, I was just like, like, what? (laughs) I really bought into this character and and some of the lines that he delivered, some of the dialogue was, it was very, very memorable and it stuck with me. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Um, it just, it, it, it there was something I was gonna say. I forget what we were talking about. What were we just talking about? Michael Parks, his performance. Yeah, his performance and just the comparing of the two characters. And I don't remember. He he just he he just did awesome. And you you hit the nail on the head. The dialogue is great. Um, I think 
you know, Kevin Smith wrote this movie with Michael yeah. Parks in mind. Yeah, he shows. wrote the character for him, and it, it's a it's a love affair. Mm-hmm. When yeah. a, when a writer writes a movie for a specific actor, and that actor plays it exactly like that writer writes mm-hmm. it, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no direction that needs to be given. It's just like you say these say these lines, and <laughs> and, and all will be good. Yep, yeah. Um, that takes us to the third movie, uh, third horror film, uh, horror comedy. Uh, that Kevin Smith has done thus far. Uh, before we get into this, he is making another film right now. If it hasn't film, if it hasn't finished production, it's called Kilroy. Was here. It's an anthology horror film, and um, and then he's making. From what I gather, I don't know if it's going to happen. Sometimes he announces projects and they never come to fruition. <laughs> um, he's making supposedly the third in the Canadian trilogy called Moose Jaws. Which again, I think is based on uh, another podcast, because the second in the Canadian trilogy follows the two girls at the convenience store. Yes, yeah, so Tusk is the first one. The tu- Tusk is the first one. The second is called Yoga Hosers. Um, for any of Bob and Doug McKenzie fans out there, you guys ever watch Strange Brew? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> SCTV. Somewhat familiar. Uh, SCTV. Yeah. Take off, eh? <laughs> um, I love that movie Strange Brew that's another thing too is like Kevin Smith will talk about stuff and I'll be like I love that when I was a kid too so like I feel like <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes a it's, kinship. Like, it's like it's like he's somebody that I would have grown up with yeah. and I would have been, been friends, friends with yeah. um, knowing my luck and I've had a chance to meet him a couple times like at personal appearances or at comic book signings like back in the day specifically and it's never happened and it's always been one of those things like I almost never want it to happen because if I meet him and he's a total fucking dick lick, then I'm never going to like him again. And so I do want to meet him, but I don't want to meet him and just be like, will you sign my uh, picture? I want to meet him and like talk to him. You know what I mean? Like I want to have a conversation. Engage with him. I want to bring him on our podcast and have a conversation with him. That would be awesome. So Mr. Smith, if you're listening, I won't call you Mr. Smith. Call me. (laughs) I will call you Kevin. Um, but uh, he uh, wrote and directed a, another movie, uh, Yoga Hosers, uh, starring his daughter, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. And uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. Lily Rose <laughs> Lily Depp. Lily Rose Depp. Um, as these two uh, girls who work at a convenience store, A to Z, and they're in a band. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> Somewhat of a band. So... <laughs> I have some thoughts on this movie. Um, <laughs> one of the things that bothered me. You so, didn't like this movie as much as you liked I did the other not. two. Um, so as you know, I'm a musician myself. Uh, so the movie starts with them playing this punk rock song. It's actually a pretty cool song. And uh, there's a drummer, there's guitars, and there's bass, but there's no guitar player and there's no bass player in the band. So I'm like, where is this music coming from? So right out the bat, I was like, I'm skeptical of this film. <laughs> All right. I'm going to suspend my disbelief a little bit. First of all, you have to suspend your disbelief <laughs> for all quite this. a bit. Yeah. There yeah. are things called bratsies in this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're little bratwurst that are Nazis. Nazis yes. I think we can get over the fact that there's yeah. no bass player. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> they were just having a track. Yeah, the drummer's uh, name is Ichabod, which is my dog's name, yeah. um, but they call him Dickabod. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. I thought the girls had a really good relationship. Uh, yeah. If there's one thing that I'll say about this movie, the relationship between the two girls as best friends, uh, 
really is well they're best friends in real life right they're really good friends i don't know if they're best friends anymore they're good friends but they're really good friends they grew up together chemistry i think they probably went to the same school yeah and they grew up together so they've known each other since they were really young they had really good chemistry. I liked when they were performing or when they were practicing. They put a close sign on the front of the, the convenience <laughs> store and it said, uh, urinary tract infection with a sad face. <laughs> Back in 10, happy face. <laughs> it was also kind of that, um, the Canadian version of Clerks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about it. that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And no, was anybody really pissed that the store was closed? Nobody seemed to care. They're Canadians. Yeah. They don't get angry. <laughs> Red, white, but never blue, eh? That <laughs> <laughs> was in Tusk, right? Yeah, I think so. When he's coming through the yeah, yeah, uh, from, border. Yeah. Uh, but um, what happens in this movie? Let's go through so, it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of nothing. So th- there was a, I don't know how you felt, Alan, uh, but for me, there, up until we got to the actual point of the Nazi stuff, um, there's a lot of nothing that happens. Well, they go home. They're at- yeah. There's a very long rendition of "Sticks, uh, Babe" that they do. They do yeah. almost the whole song. It yeah. goes on a really long time. Um, yeah, you get introduced to other characters. The dad. Yeah, the, the who, dad, owns, who owns the convenience store? And yeah. He's yeah, and he's the guy. Um, he's he plays Buster in Arrested Development, yep. and he's in Veep and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. I like that guy. Um, and he's got a stepmom, or he's got a wife. Yep. Who's not the biological mom? Who's like she's another couple employee. years older than yeah yeah she's are. younger young, she's the manager yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah you meet the principal the teacher the yoga instructor they learn about oh Justin Long is the yoga instructor right. yeah they learn about how Nazis were around in Canada right Haley Joe Osment plays a, a Nazi <laughs> guy who's like selling Nazi or not selling but doing Nazi propaganda during yeah. World War II. In Canada. And uh, what? Fill in the blanks for me, guys, because it's been a minute. I'm struggling on this one because because um, <laughs> it's I did not like this movie. So, um, yeah, basically, long story short, short there's this Nazi curse or whatever that there's these yeah. sausages that are Nazis that are attacking <laughs> the, Bratzies. the Bratzies and then the yoga hosers who are the, the girls. Um, which that comes from uh, Stan Lee has a cameo and he calls him, uh, he says something like goddamn yoga hosers. <laughs> um, they, they got to fight. Stan Lee just oh, passed away. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So they fight them. Um, there's some really shitty CGI. Um, there's another, <laughs> the, J- Jason Mewes has a uh, cameo as a cop. Uh, oh, Johnny Depp shows up again in this one. He's, oh, got, yeah, he plays, he's got a smaller part playing the same guy. But, but this time he's a lot more over the top. Yes. His mole keeps moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely liked it more in Tusk than I did in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one definitely seemed like he was phoning it in or like it was a favor. Um, oh, my daughter's in this movie. Yeah. So I'll I'm do gonna, it. gonna have to do this. Yeah. Um, whereas I felt like Tusk, it felt like he genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah. It just seemed like you could just tell he was chomping it up yeah. the whole time. Um, there's a couple nods throughout the movie. So there's like a nod to Halloween. Like there's a scene where the music is very similar to John Carpenter's Halloween mm-hmm. theme. There's a nod to The Shining, uh, same thing, similar music to the opening uh, music uh, in The Shining. Um, but they basically fight the, <laughs> the little Nazi sausages. and um, <laughs> They find the lair. They find the lair. There's like a Nazi leader, right? Yeah. Who's probably the best character in the movie. And he does a bunch of American impressions. Mm-hmm. And he does like different voice, does different actor impressions. And I can't remember any of them. <laughs> but I do remember laughing at a lot of them. He does like, Stallone and yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and they're all pretty, they're all pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> realistically, my memory of this movie. Realistically, you know, we went on and on on Red State. We went on on Tusk. Yoga Hosers, here's what I would say. I don't hate the movie. <laughs> I don't think it's a great film, but I don't think it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be just... It's fun. I guess a that's fun. The, that's the problem. I guess that's the problem that I had with it is I didn't know what it was supposed to be. And well, I'm especially not- <laughs> like I mean, I don't. You watch this in a different order, but if you watch Red State and you watch Tusk, and then you're like, okay, he did another one, another kind of horror movie. I'm gonna watch this, and then you watch this, and you're like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I would recommend re- watching Tusk first. Totally, um, but. So my biggest problem, I got a bunch of problems. With movie. <laughs> I feel like my biggest one though is I don't understand what the point was of having it so over the top Canadian. So I felt like all the accents were exaggerated and really heavy on the A's and the He's, O's and the sorries and okay, so and it was just in, annoying. <laughs> in his podcast, Smodcast, he like goes off on Canada a lot, or he used to. Doesn't he go way back with Canada too in his movies? He just loves Canada. Yeah. He grew up watching Degrassi. Yeah. And, you know, he loves Canadian culture. And so anytime he can talk about it, he does. And he, he'll be on Smodcast. And and Scott Mosier, his partner is from Canada originally, from Vancouver. And so they'll talk about Canadian stuff all the time. So it's it's a big influence in him. Okay. And so it's this kind of his nod to guess, Canada, but, to but me, it's very over the top. You're it, right. If I was Canadian across, and I watched it, I'd be like I didn't come yeah, and I didn't think it came across as reverent, like to like or that he was trying to pay like tribute homage. to Yeah, exactly. Like I felt like it was making fun of Canadians because yeah. it was just so over the top Canadian. <laughs> yeah. And the accents were really bad. I was like, I've met Canadian people. It's, Probably intentionally they, they bad. Don't, they don't talk like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, instead of I'll call you, they say, I phone you. I'll phone you. <laughs> and then you're like, did you just say I'll phone you? And there's a couple parts are like, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Like really well, It's very on. exaggerated. Uh, yeah. Well, and you're also talking about two girls in who aren't, Lily Rose and who Harley aren't Quinn really Smith. actresses or, or at least not at the time. They, they were this was like their it. first yeah. roles. So, I mean, and I didn't really have a problem with them, to be honest no. with you. I thought um, Harley Quinn did a really good job. Um, Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Rose, looks just like him. Um, and I thought her comedic timing <laughs> she looks was like really a good. good. She looks like mix. Julia Stiles is what I thought. Kind of. She bit. looks like a good mix between her and her or him and her mom. Oh, yeah. And she's in the movie, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. She plays the, the teacher. teacher. Yeah. yeah. So yoga hosers of the three is going to be the one that I would recommend the least. Yeah. Um, if you just want a fun movie, that's kind of out there. Fantasy fan, more fantasy than horror. Yeah. And more, it's not even really horror, but just kind of weird kind of comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of comedy. <laughs> I laughed a little, <laughs> a couple it's times. Kind of comedy. Um, but if we go through the movies, it, Red State, if we're talking five Pamela Voorhees heads, um, does anything ever get a five? I don't know. I'm going to give this four and a half Ooh, for Red State. Wow. No, I'll give it four. Wow. I'm going to, I feel bad. I'm, I liked it. I'm going to go three and a half. Um, so it gets a four. Yeah, it's a good movie. So um, Tusk, I'll give uh, three and a half. And I'll go three. Three. Okay, so... We'll say three. Okay. And then 
yoga hosers for a horror movie, I'll give it a two and a half. And I would go two. Just as a horror movie or overall? As a horror movie. Just as a horror movie? Uh, I'll give it two. Yeah. So there you go. That's about right. It's more of a comedy. Red State, Red State, I think, is the best of those movies. Definitely. Um, then uh, Tusk and then Yoga Hosers. I would agree. I'm very interested to see what he comes out with with this anthology. You know, he also did an episode uh, on... There was a, a horror anthology called, like, Seasons? Um, hmm. I'll have to look up the exact name. Maybe I'll mention it in another podcast. But uh, it's an anthology. He did an episode of that. And actually, Harley Quinn Smith is in that episode. It's a horror, okay. a short horror film. Um, but with Kilroy was here, I'm looking forward to that. And if Moose Jaws ever happens. <laughs> Moose If Jaws. anybody ever it wants to see that third one. Because after Yoga Hosers came out, he'll, he'll be the first to admit that Yoga Hosers wasn't well received. No. <laughs> and rightfully so. <laughs> um, Not his best work. No, so we spent an hour talking about Kevin Smith, uh, which is wonderful for me because I could probably spend <laughs> multiple hours talking about all of his films. But uh, if you have a favorite Kevin Smith movie, if you've seen Red State, Tusk, Yoga Hosers, or any other film that you uh, want to talk at us about, uh, you can reach us where, David? Uh, you can reach us on Twitter or Facebook where we are The Swearwolves on both. You can email us at swearwolvespodcast.com at gmail.com or you can go to our website which is theswearwolves.com and be sure to rate us and review us on itunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast so for the swearwolves i'm brett i'm david i'm alan and as kevin smith would say have a week I can do an intro. Yeah, you should do an intro for this one. This week on the Swearwolves, we talk about my personal male crush. (laughs) The only man I would ever leave my wife for if I was so inclined. Kevin Smith. I love you. Do it again because I laughed. Okay, sorry. I laughed on the mic. The the, the laugh is (laughs) Is fine, though. Yeah, I don't think we... Oh, I'll do it one more time. This week's on. Hold on, I'll shut our mics off. Wait, I need your mic on. Yeah, mine's on. Hey, hey, hey. You can leave them on. We'll just be quiet. All right.